This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970, or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. I mean, I got stories I'm going to talk about, but maybe you got something you want to talk about. That's why we got the phone lines open for you. One thing I'm keeping an eye out for this morning, I'm I'm keeping an eye out. If you guys see something, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere else, uh, give us a call or send us a message. One thing I'm keeping an eye out. Uh, there was a there was a tweet yesterday. Uh, let's see, what's this guy's name? Jacob Rabaskin. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right or not, but uh, deputy uh, editor for Inside Elections. I guess he was at NBC News, CNN, uh, etc. But anyway, um, he shared this via Twitter yesterday. Lots of chatter in Montana political circles. That Matt Rosendale will announce tomorrow, which is now today, that he is not seeking re-election to the House just days after he ended his Senate bid. Would be an open seat in the solid GOP Senate, uh, second district. Uh, so anyway, that that's what this guy, Jacob Rabashkin, is saying, the deputy editor for Inside Elections. I'm not, not too familiar with him or, or that publication, but he says there's lots of chatter that Congressman Rosendale will announce that he is not uh, seeking re-election to the House. Now, let me just again say, because sometimes people will hear something, and did I just hear him say that Matt Rosendale's not running for re-election? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I am, am, am reporting to you right now. I'm saying that that's what this guy is saying, that that's what the chatter is out there. So that's the story I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Because you remember, last week, of course, the big news was that was that Congressman Matt Rosendale was was dropping out of the U.S. Senate race here in Montana, um, but then he but he added that he would basically be you know spending time with family over the weekend to make up a decision as to whether or not he would he would run for reelection in the U.S. House because I know a lot of people you know a lot of his supporters were like Matt Matt stay in the House run for reelection in the House you know you're a shoe in there and you can you know steer the party to the right and, and they feel he's been doing a good job in the House of Representatives to so stay there and. And and the reason he said that he was dropping out of the U.S. Senate race was because, well, look, with with Donald Trump endorsing Tim Sheehy, the Navy SEAL veteran Republican U.S. Senate candidate, and that that and and the lack of fundraising, basically, that that all of that combined, it's there wasn't going to be a path forward in the Senate race. So so he said that he was going to step back and then and then decide what he was going to do uh, when it comes to the U.S. House. So. I know I saw some folks were sending emails and messages around yesterday trying to encourage him to, to still stay in the House of Representatives. So we'll see if, if he makes a an announcement or a decision uh, today or not. But that's at least what, what this guy was uh, sharing via Twitter was that he was hearing chatter that there may be some sort of an announcement today. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, oh, funny message here from right on John and Bozeman. After seeing Joe Biden shuffle walk roughly from the president's uh, Marine One helicopter last week, I wonder what the Vegas odds are. Will Biden finish his term in a presidential electric power walker so he can make it on stage? John, did you see they're posting a Secret Service guy at the bottom of the short stairs now? 
There were two stabbing incidents in Bozeman, Montana. Now those two suspects are on an ice hold in the jail. And now we've got two illegals in a stabbing incident in Kyla. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. You can find that story. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Or if you've got the Montana Talks app on your smartphone, you'll see it there as well. Plus, we're live with Montana Talks from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you miss one second, don't worry. You can find it all. It's all on the Montana Talks app. Click the on-demand button. Taking your calls live, 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, the RNC pointed this out a few days ago that uh, that Joe Biden now, remember how, you know, usually when the president gets off of, of Air Force One, he does the long walk down the long stairs from the front of the cabin of Air Force One. But there's in the in the back. Usually the staff go out the the out the the back exit. You know they all scurry out of there, and there's a shorter set of stairs outside out the back of the of the aircraft. And so, but anyway, now Joe Biden has has I I think almost every time now now they have him using the short stairs, and because uh, you know he's he's had so many falls and trips, and you know he was tripping up the stairs, he was tripping down the stairs, he was tripping on the stage. I mean. You know, falling off the bike, uh, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. So now they've got him using the short stairs almost exclusively. But they but they made a new addition to the lineup. Uh, as the RNC pointed out a few days ago, now they have a secret. Usually the Secret Service will try to stay out of that portion of the photo, you know, because you're on a secure airstrip. Uh, at that point, they've got, you know, they've got the whole perimeter secured, et cetera. But now they have a Secret Service agent that that stands at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, even this, even the bottom of the short stairs as Joe Biden is departing. Uh, so they have that. I don't know if right on John, if you saw that right on John was asking about what are the Vegas odds that Joe Biden is soon going to be using an electric power walker to make it on the stage at events. Here's the thing. Look, if he just uh, physically was unable to to move around, I mean, that's one thing. Look, hey, look at the. The governor of Texas, um, he he uses a wheelchair to get around, but but he's mentally competent and and is working to secure our southern border. I think that's what we want out of a president of the United States: secure the border, secure our country. All right, I want to talk more about this big news about uh, uh, let's see, uh, J.P. Morgan, State Street quitting the climate group, BlackRock stepping back as well. The Climate Change Coalition is cracking up. Uh, anyway, Steve Moore with the Committee to Unleash Prosperity says this is a gigantic blow to the radical global green agenda as it removes at least $14 trillion managed by these firms from the U.N.'s anti-fossil fuels control. Four of the largest money management firms in the world, including Vanguard, which never joined the Climate Coalition in the first place, are now non-participants in the Climate 100 movement. The firms will bring their climate change investment strategy in-house, which could still tilt them toward the left's ESG agenda. But anyway, Steve Moore at the uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity says we were cheered to hear these firms argue that they must follow their fiduciary duty to their shareholders. 
the Sierra, the Sierra Club is fuming that State Street and others, quote, have caved under pressure from groups like the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. That's about the nicest thing anyone has ever said about us, <laughs> Steve Moore adds here. Uh, but anyway, Attorney General Austin Knutson uh, also praising uh, this news. This was actually several days ago, Attorney General Austin. I think this may have been on Friday uh, after we wrapped up Friday's program. But Attorney General Austin Knutson issuing a statement on J.P. Morgan's announcement to withdraw from this climate action uh, group nonsense uh, said, quote, this is great news. Now J.P. Morgan can focus on making a profit for their shareholders, which is their job, rather than concerning themselves, pushing the woke liberal agenda. We need every asset management firm to follow suit. All right. Uh, phone lines are open. 406-294-0970. Charles in Billings. Thanks for the phone call. What's going on? Well, I tell you, I, I just told your guy on the phone that uh, I, I don't want to get bother you, but I've been thinking about something to do for President Trump after this $355 million fine that he was leveled. And uh, and I had a friend here, and I said, you know, what we should do when we restored this building, you know, to the National Historical Role, we got some help. We put a, on a no fund me. <laughs> I said, do you think do you think you can have something like that for something like, you know, uh, money sent to, to Mr. Trump for his uh, relief <laughs> on, the, on the fine and everything? And, and I, she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd send some to it. <laughs> <laughs> so so no, I, I love said, this idea. I know so, somebody that would know. All so, right. And so you're the somebody. Wait, so wait a minute. I, I like this idea. So so what we're hearing, this this outrageous decision where they're trying to steal $355 million for Trump. They're literally trying to bankrupt him because of his politics. They they want him to have to sell the Trump Tower in New York City and then, right. and then some other properties. So you're saying let's let's get a GoFundMe page or something like that set up, and then let's just save the Trump Tower and turn it into like a national historic building or something like that. Is that the idea? Well, no. I just want to help relieve him, you know, or yeah, anything to anything to embarrass him. <laughs> the other side, yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm just an old man uh, 88 and you know and can't do much for anything anybody even myself but oh, uh, i don't i don't believe you there no it's, it's <laughs> but i i thought i called you a couple times and you've been you know <laughs> they're not anything startling but yeah no uh, that's i like the concept there yeah i mean hopefully i think he's planning to appeal this outrageous decision i know he is yeah hopefully common yeah. sense will prevail at some point but they're, they're trying to well, do to do to him what putin did to navalny uh yeah. Oh, that's what they're doing. They're trying to do it, a, you know, the typical, and I hate to put it this way, the typical Democrat way, you know. And uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know the legality of it or what. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. Uh, Charles, thanks for the call. i got to hit the hard break here. Stand by if you got more to share. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. The Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act passed in 1978, and it provides tracking and monitoring of investment in U.S. agriculture. However, American Farm Bureau Federation economist Danny Munch says the process is due for an upgrade. 
currently. That process hasn't been updated in over 40 years. So USDA has opened public comment to provide input on how the form could be improved to answer questions about what other questions could be added to make the survey better and just other general advice the public wants to give on how do you provide better information on this topic. Munch says the process currently is filled with inefficiencies and inadequate information. Right now, only the predominant investor is listed when you fill out the data form and only their country is listed. So you have a lot of minority stakeholders that aren't listed and basically shielded from the public data. Right now, the USDA is also statutorily limited in only going up to a third tier level of ownership. Lunch says Farm Bureau is seeking better enforcement in addition to modernization. The form is self-reported and penalties have only been put in place for late reporting, not not reporting. So better enforcement of the act in general and in filling out the form is our first priority. Secondly, we commented and provided a lot of intel on what questions could be added and expanded to get at what are foreign investors doing with the land, as well as just general modernization of the program using an online system. I'm Lane Nordland. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Man, I tell you what, so such an honor to hear from Charles and Billings there. What a nice guy. I chatted with him a little bit more during the break, and uh, yeah, great to chat with him. And hey, hey, even though you're up there in years, uh, Charles, don't don't let that hold you back. I don't think you're letting that hold you back because, uh, man, I, I tell you, I heard a great message one time, and and uh, our, our pastor was talking about how some of your best life's work takes place in your in your sunset years, you know, in, in your 70s and, and things like that. Because now you've got the time, you've got the knowledge and sometimes the resources to do what you've always been called to do. And, and you know, some of the best work that Mother Teresa did, for example, was later on in life. And so, uh, yeah. Keep standing tall, just like your advice was for me there, Charles. Thanks for the the kind words. So he had this idea. Well, what if we set up like a GoFundMe to to help uh, contribute to Trump, given this uh, nonsense going on in New York City? Uh, one thing I told Charles, and I, I would you know mention this to, to others out there as well. GoFundMe, you know, is is has got a liberal bias, and they'll take a big chunk. So if you donate through a GoFundMe platform, they're going to take their percentage. You know, they're like those political consultants; they're going to take their percentage. And whether you win or whether you lose, the political consultants will still win, and they'll still get paid at the end of the election, right? Uh, and so GoFundMe is similar. They're still going to get paid. But the other thing they'll do, remember when those freedom convoys of, of truckers was taking place up in Canada in particular, and, man, they'll shut you off. They will not allow you to go fund the things that you want to fund because of their political bias. So there's a there's an alternative platform called Give, Send, Go. So if you are looking to set up stuff like that, you can set up a Give, Send, Go page. You know, one of the challenges with, you know, I think so many Americans want to support Trump and they want to contribute and help out whether it's legal defense or whatever amidst this ongoing political persecution. But it's, it's always, you always got to be careful about, okay, you might have a group saying that, that they're going to give the money to, to build a wall, or you might have a group that'll say, well, we're going to take the money to defend Trump. And, and then, and then, and then sometimes it can be a scam and they're just pocketing the money for themselves. So that's where I would just caution people. If you see stuff like that, just make sure you know 
what you're actually given to before you do it. But yeah, so for those who, who aren't tracking the news, what, what is this whole story with Trump in, in New York City and this, what, $355 million fine that this liberal judge, uh, that, you know, is trying to steal from him? Friday's ruling has fallout in multiple areas. First, the business community here in New York, it's having a chilling effect. The concern being, well, if this could happen to former President Trump, what stops the same fate from coming for real estate developers or other industries in New York? A Trump spokesperson said the following, quote, every member of the New York business community, no matter the industry, should be gravely concerned with this gross overreach and brazen attempt by the attorney general to exert limitless power where no private or public harm has been established. Now, one major hedge fund manager is saying it sets the precedent for every property owner to be arbitrarily declared guilty. Others are even questioning why stay in New York given the business climate. Now, one guy that's, whose remarks is getting a lot of attention is a guy by the name of Kevin O'Leary. I guess he's the Shark Tank guy. Does, does he have a TV show? I don't want to watch a lot of TV anymore, So, but uh, apparently he's the Shark Tank guy, so he's pretty well known. Didn't he come to Montana here recently, and wasn't he like a keynote speaker at like a chamber event or something like that? If I'm not mistaken, the Shark Tank guy was, was here recently, but listen to what he has to say about you know this attack on President Trump. This, this award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. And I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Yeah, his bottom line was that he would never invest in New York now. And that's the message to every business person, to every developer, is, is you do one thing that they don't like. You say one thing they don't like. You have politics that they don't agree with. They will target you. They will try to steal your business. They will try to steal your money. They will do whatever they can to take you down. Fox News, and I'm Chris Foster. The U.S. is expected to veto an Arab nation-sponsored U.S. Security Council, uh, U.N. Security Council resolution calling for an immediate Israeli ceasefire in Gaza and propose an alternative plan. 
U.N. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield says the Biden administration will veto the resolution because it could interfere with ongoing efforts by the U.S. to work out a deal that would bring a six-week ceasefire and release of all hostages that were taken during the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas. The new draft resolution marks the first time the U.S. has mentioned a ceasefire. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, most of California is under a flood alert hit with one more day of heavy rain. We're seeing round after round of heavy rain. Some of the heaviest rain is across portions of southern Southern California flooding is very likely. Currently the fourth wettest month in Los Angeles history for February. And with another two inches on the way, we can move up on that list. Fox's Adam Clotz. America's listening to Fox News. Hey, one of the stories I want to talk about with John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter. He's going to join us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour of the program. <clears throat> but one of the stories that I want to talk about, the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys, you guys remember the little kid? Remember the little kid? Uh, what was he? Eight, nine years old, and he had you know the Kansas City Chiefs paint on. He had the headdress on. Big Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? And and man, they start publicly attacking this guy. You got some liberal sports commentator publicly attacking this little kid, calling this little kid a racist, cultural appropriation. Well, then it turns out, um, uh, actually, the little kid's Native American. But even if he wasn't Native American, he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He's a little kid. What is wrong with you people? Uh, Tim Young, uh, I, I'm not familiar with Tim Young uh, via X.com, but he made a good point. You know, if you're a mass shooter at a Kansas City Chiefs parade, the media protects your identity because you're under 18. But if you're a fan and face paint at a Kansas City Chiefs game, the media tries to ruin your life. Calling you a racist nine-year-old. Boy, isn't that the truth, huh? Listen to what Ann Coulter had to say on Bill Maher's uh, program on HBO uh, this past Friday night. I mean, we don't know who did this to me, by the way. The, the, the Super Bowl. Series. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they were, they were pressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for, what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? Uh, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. It's I, not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, we, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we, know. we, don't, we don't officially know. Okay, you know you have special powers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she does have special powers, and yeah, she's right. And yeah, there were videos, so uh, we know, Bill. Uh, we know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we'll get John Jackson's take on that and more uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour of the show. we got a great guest coming up after this. Hey, if you guys got a big project that you need done, maybe it's some demolition work, maybe you need some salvage work done, got a land-clearing project that you need done. I mean, I know it's nice outside right now, but don't you want to enjoy the nice weather and, you know, Enjoy some time with your family. Let somebody else do the dirty work for you. They can come and they can clear out all those trees. They can clear out all that brush. If you got an old you know, house you need to tear down so you can build a new one, they can do that as well. Start your construction project off right with BD Equipment. They can do the dirty work for you. Or if you want to do the dirty work yourself, uh, they've got construction vehicles for rent and for sale. Backhoes, skid steers, mini excavators, scissor lift, boom lifts, trailer rentals, uh, etc. in the Billings area. Check out BD Equipment Services. 
406-201-7711 or go to bdequipmentblgs.com. Wounded warrior Bobby Hemline, the well-done comedian. You've seen him on Netflix. He was in Billings, gave a great tribute to the veterans-only gym. Check out the photos, the story, and more at MontanaTalks.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, with regard to this ruling where they're trying to steal uh, $335 million, this liberal judge is trying to steal $335 million from President Trump. Less than three forks just sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. I did not hear if you mentioned it, but Trump is being forced to come. This was a few minutes ago, so some of this information might have might have come up in the meantime. But anyway, uh, Trump is being forced to come up with a bond equaling the amount they are saying he has to pay just to appeal the decision. So I'm hearing he may have to sell one of his uh, big, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, maybe properties would be the word, just to be able to appeal. Uh, yeah, so is that is that true? Uh, yeah, some of you might be able to tell us he, he would have to, to basically um, – you know, do that just in order to appeal this decision. Anyway, Les sums it up well. This is starting to feel like it is not a free country anymore. Of course, it's been starting to feel like it's not a free country anymore for uh, quite some time now. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, case in point, look at the, the lockdowns and the mask mandates and things like that. Uh, Travis, I was going to message you. Can you check in with our guests to see if, if they're going to be calling in? Uh, uh, send them an email or give them a quick phone call. Uh, if not, we can keep driving on with open phones time here. Uh, let's see. Um, but, you know, case in point, <laughs> the, uh, so the Democrat candidate for governor, he uh, this this is a guy by the name of Ryan Bussey. Ryan Bussey is the guy who got paid at least one hundred and fifty dollars an hour by the state of California to testify in support of their radical gun control laws. The guy works for the, the Giffords outfit, which lobbies for gun control that wants to take away your guns. This is who the Democrats so far have propped up to be their candidate for governor in 2024. Well, yesterday, the, the liberal media was very excited. Liberal media was very excited, uh, even though the filing deadline isn't over yet and there could be more candidates that enter the ring. But they were very excited because he decided on a running mate. And the running mate is a lawyer named uh, Raph Graybill, who was the young liberal lawyer advising former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock. He was basically the guy saying, oh, yeah, Governor, yeah, lock down the state. Yeah, Governor, tell people to shut up and wear those masks. Yeah, Governor, you tell the grandma and grandpa they can't go watch their kids play sports. <laughs> That's the guy who they're running as the lieutenant governor candidate uh, in 2024 in Montana. Uh, Jake Eaton, a, a conservative political consultant, summed it up well. Wow, Kansas gun grabber Lion Ryan Bussey is so desperate 
He picks a running mate that lost his last election by 100,000 votes. Uh, well said by Jake Eaton. Uh, all right, we got our guest on the phone lines with us now, um, our friend Henry Kriegel with Americans for Prosperity Action. Uh, Henry, great to have you on the show this morning. We're great to be here, Aaron. My voice is a little hoarse, but I am here. Well, that's because you're doing all that door-to-door campaigning. You're trying to save the country, so I, I would uh, I would hope your voice is a little hoarse this morning. Oh, that's the same for the entire team. We're out everywhere throughout the state knocking doors. That's the fact. You know, people underestimate that. All right, Henry, you know I love talk radio. I think talk radio can be uh, enormously influential. Uh, I think it, it 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 is part of of action, right? If people don't know what's going on, if you if you can't define the problem, then how are you going to solve the problem, right? And and if you can't get the word out to people, how do people know what to do, right? So I I think talk radio is very important. It's very helpful. But I, I and you know you love talk radio. You did talk radio yourself uh, over the years in in Bozeman and elsewhere. And but I got to tell people, look, calling into talk radio. And putting a yard sign in your yard is not going to win elections. You you got to go door to door. You got to talk to your friends and neighbors. You got to if you know if you can only give a dollar, give a dollar. If you can give a thousand dollars, give a thousand dollars. And you know, so many people just want to call in and and call into a talk radio show and say, oh, "That's it. My work is done. Um, that's what I did." To, help take our country back in 2024. And that's not enough. And, and most of our, our callers know that, right? Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Aaron. You know, a lot of folks go to uh, meetings. There are a lot of meetings in the center-right community all over the state. And they, they talk, they, they hear others present, and uh, they feel good, you know, in the moment for sharing their, their points of view and their opinions, and they go home. And it becomes a little bit like a, an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. You cannot win a statewide election talking just to your small group of friends. Talking to the same people largely, over and over again. Yeah. Largely, yeah, largely think alike. In order to win a statewide election in, the state, in Montana, you've got to have a broad appeal and you've got to reach out to voters, and which is what we do. We have a state-of-the-art database of voters in Montana, and we go knock doors. For those to those individuals who are aligned with us on our policies, sixty percent or greater, who who have voted in the last at least two or four primary elections, and we target those voters, and we have in just a little over two months since we began this campaign in support of Tim Sheehy for U.S. Senate, we began on December seventh. We have knocked on over forty-six thousand households throughout the state of Montana. Now, yes, I am proud that AFP Action Montana was came out early for Tim Sheehy and endorsed him for this U.S. Senate race, and he is the only major Republican candidate in this race, and we need to galvanize behind him. I know we all are aware of all the drama that, is, that has happened in the last seven days. Well, this drama has been going on for the last six months. Who's going to emerge as our Senate candidate? For, for this important seat, which could determine the fate and the balance of the U.S. Senate. We got behind Tim Sheehy early, and that was a tough, courageous, but right decision. And he is the man standing, and he can beat John Tester in November because he is a decorated combat veteran, Navy SEAL, successful businessman, father of four young children, whose wife, a Marine, homeschools their children, 
not a voting record, but a tremendous life record that we can count on, that, that, that we can count on because that man has won in life, and he will win this race, and he will fight for Montanans. As yeah, well. I think he's so got. Yeah, I think he's got the opportunity effort. to pull it off. Yeah, you mentioned you guys came out early, and and I think people had to come out early because we can't just do what we've done in the past, which is wait until July to get involved in the Senate race, and then it's too late. John Tester's already raised and spent tens of millions of dollars, and 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 then 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 everybody finally decides to get into the game. No, if we want to if we want to take back control of the U.S. Senate, if we want to take yeah. back this country, because look we. I, I was I was kind of going off earlier about the southern border in the six o'clock hour, and I said, "People, stop stop blaming it all on Biden." John Tester is just as responsible for this as Joe Biden is, because in in a tight uh, con, tightly controlled margin in the Senate, he has had the power to bring this to a halt. But he supports these this open borders nonsense. You guys came out early, but then of course President Trump himself weighed in. President Trump came out and endorsed uh, Navy SEAL ver- veteran Tim Sheehy in that race. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, was was sharing the endorsement of Ohio Senator J.D. Vance endorsing Tim Sheehy as well. And Don Jr. says, good to see the America First movement joining my father to unite around Tim Sheehy in Montana. Sheehy has been a vocal opponent of sending more money to Ukraine and is committed to putting America first. That's the exact message we need to defeat left-wing fraud John Tester. That was from Don Jr. Yes, and, and the president's endorsement of Tim Sheehy was in, impeccably timed and extremely well-received. Well and, and we're grateful to have, to have seen that. And that's a big, big plus for our, our guy, Tim Sheehy. You'll, you've mentioned how much John Chester people have already spent. They've already spent over $5 million in advertisement trying to throw some shade at our guy, Tim Sheehy. Why? Because they have no positive record to stand on. You're right. <clears throat> Biden's failures are also Chester's failures. Chester has failed to secure the border. He has failed to stand up for our energy independence in the state of Montana. He cast a deciding vote to kill the XL pipeline, which killed jobs and killed the flow of, of oil and gas through uh, uh, oil through our state. Uh, he is uh, part and part responsible why we have Obamacare in the nation casting the oh, deciding yeah. vote. He votes like a liberal, but acts like a like a conservative. One, at least one year out of the year, will parade around with his flat top in his pickup truck, with his gun hanging and hanging in his in, with his rifle in his truck, <clears throat> and sometimes on his red tractor, as if we're going to believe this Hollywood caricature is somehow a centrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, and I've got the story on our Montana Talks website for those who who missed our coverage yesterday. Foxnews.com had a big report about how John Tester has been silent as VA resources are being diverted to process health care claims for illegal aliens. And John Tester uh, has been silent about that. All right, Henry Kriegel, stand by. We'll come back to you right after the break. Tax Act can think of a million things more fun than filing taxes. Tax Act is going to name some now. Sitting in traffic. Folding a fitted bedsheet. Listening to your coworker talk about his fantasy team. Digging a hole. Digging an even larger hole next to that original hole. Unfortunately, Tax Act's filing software can't make taxes fun. But Tax Act can help you get them done. Tax Act, let's get them over with. 
Fox News commentary. If you think things are expensive in California now, wait until the state takes Senate candidate Barbara Lee's advice. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. We check in with Jimmy Fallon, bring in authors for The Book Club, and even treat some of your favorite Fox personalities to a very special happy hour. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Kennedy Saves the World. America's listening to Fox News. Ever since the economic clowns in California raised the minimum wage for fast food workers to 20 bucks an hour, many restaurants have raised prices considerably to accommodate the new demands. But if Senate candidate and Representative Barbara Lee gets her way, your food and goods will cost even more. During a recent debate with other California Senate candidates, Representative Barbara Lee was pressed on her desire to raise the minimum wage to $50 an hour. She defended this outrageous position by saying it's unaffordable to live in California. Yeah, no duh. But she clearly does not understand the way money or inflation works. Passing out more money doesn't make anything more affordable, Barbara. It's actually the exact thing that creates inflation in the first place. Folks, do not let California math fester nationwide. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless, at Outkick.com. Online at listwithamber.com. Listwithamber.com. Go there, and you can start packing. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter. He's going to be with us in the 8 o'clock hour. John, you want to stick around for the 9 o'clock hour, too? I got the thumbs up. He's going to stick around for the 9 o'clock hour, too, because I, I don't think anything else was on our schedule. But then again, man, we uh, we got so much going on around here that sometimes you just never know. Always be ready for a frago. Uh, let's sneak in a quick phone call. We've got Steve in Belgrade on the phone lines as we talk 2020 foe uh, with Henry Kriegel from Americans for Prosperity Action. Steve, thanks for the call. Did you have a quick question or comment? You bet. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I want to preface this with I'm I'm very conservative, so uh, I'm not a shill for anything else. Uh, I, I'm an America first guy. Um, my one of my concerns was she is his stance early on in Ukraine was uh, promoting uh, boots on the ground. I don't think we should be sending a dime over there, or certainly no uh, no uh, American citizens. Um, I, I'm concerned about. Uh, his, I, I mean, everybody's supporting him that's on the Republican uh, base. Uh, but G- Gaines is an empty vessel. He is a, a puppet of McConnell. And we can have the majority in the Senate, but if we've got guys like McConnell in there that are just uh, part of the Uniparty, we've got nothing. Yeah, and I, I think McConnell, hopefully he's out sooner rather than later, but I think he is on the way out. Uh, but certainly understand your frustrations there. I, I think Danes is actually moving the Senate GOP into a more conservative direction. I think he's doing it more quietly, diplomatically behind the scenes. Uh, but, Steve, thanks for the phone call. Henry Kriegel, your thoughts the, on the whole Ukraine thing. I, you know, Tim Sheehy came out several months ago and said, no, enough is enough. 
uh, full full halt to our money being shipped to Ukraine. This whole boots on the ground in Ukraine thing. I I looked at what their argument is there. He, he I, I don't I don't I didn't see him saying that American troops needed to get deployed to Ukraine back when this whole first thing kicked off. Now a few troops inside the embassy. Well, we have we have American soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that are manning defense attache offices and embassies all over the world, including on the ground in Russia. That, you know, so, so to me, that, I, I think it, was, it, it seemed like kind of a false attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would just say this, that we, we, vetted, uh, we vetted Tim Sheehy very carefully, and I sat in on both vetting sessions. In fact, uh, we visited him at Bridger Aerospace, and we asked him the, the toughest questions that, crit- that critics like Steve would have asked. And one of them was on foreign, on foreign policy. And uh, he essentially said what you said. He, he, he justified the initial support, and he, he's advocating for an off-ramp to peace. I agree with you. I read that post. Nowhere did it say U.S. troops on the ground. It, um, and he has advocated for an end to, to, aid to the Ukraine in an off-ramp to peace. That's his position. Secondly, I want to just say this. We, do, we, don't, look for, we don't have an ideological purity test for our candidates. No one is 100% aligned with each other in our movement. Now, what, that's what makes us great. That's what makes us as individuals. That's what makes us a free people. No one here has the authority to institute 100% ideological purity test on anybody else. So to well, hold these people up to, to a frankly, that, that no one can live up to is an absurd an absurd notion. Well, frankly, like we get a, we get another Republican president and a Republican control of the Senate uh, after this year's election cycle. That war comes to a halt. You know, if, if Trump had still been president, Absolutely. Putin wouldn't wouldn't be invading. Henry Kriegel with Americans for Prosperity Action. Always great to have you on the show. About thirty seconds to go. What do you want to share with listeners across the state? I want to say that we've got to come together as a center right movement and support the best candidate for U.S. Senate that we've got in Tim Sheehy and enough of the infighting and the, and the pettiness that I've heard over the past six to eight months. We've got to move beyond that. No one is, no one can live up to an ideological purity test of 100% alignment. This man has what it takes to win. He has shown so in his own personal life. He will fight for Montana's. We'll fight to secure the border. We'll fight against bad economic policy. Right, and, and we got we got Supreme Court seats to win too. We got to stay focused on that. All right.